You're going to be a football player when you grow up. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bunsenor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. You are in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. I'm Vinny Bonsignor. I'm in Dallas right now uh, covering the NFL owners meetings. A big announcement coming uh, tomorrow, and it, it definitely involves uh, Las Vegas. Broke the story uh, yesterday that the Super Bowl is coming to Las Vegas uh, in 2024. Super Bowl 58, if you're keeping track at home. Big official announcement coming from uh, the owners' meetings tomorrow, but we'll get to that tomorrow. Lincoln Kennedy, uh, our great co-host. How you doing, my friend? Oh, man, I'm hanging in there, you know, getting ready for this holiday. It's, uh, it's a big one, so other uh, stuff going on. But, hey, life is going. Life is good. Life is good. And full disclosure, Lincoln and I have not talked after the debacle that happened on <laughs> Sunday uh, in Kansas City. Uh, Lincoln, I saw you in Kansas City. Obviously, yeah. you're doing your thing with Brett Musburger over in the tele- or broadcast booth. I was doing my thing covering the Raiders for the Review Journal. But I think we both came to the same conclusion that that, performance uh on sunday by the raiders was just unacceptable you can't play a must win game like that five turnovers uh, they looked listless they looked um not engaged not into it definitely not dialed in from the first play on uh, a fumble by josh jacobs that went right. to the other way for for seven points it's hard enough dealing with the kansas city chiefs offense you can't be giving them free points uh like that to start it off and it felt like from that moment on, it was just a downward sp- spiral for, for the Raiders. And, Lincoln, i got to ask you, um, I know that it's a long shot that the Raiders make the playoffs. We all get that. We're all we, – you don't have to be a mathematician to understand that. But, nevertheless, there's still life, and there was definitely life going into that game uh, against the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, how unacceptable, from your perspective, was what the Raiders did uh, on Sunday? I'm trying to remember – it was a few years ago. I was doing the game. I was on the sideline. The Raiders were tied with the Chiefs, and they had to go into Kansas City. And I think it was a Thursday night game or a Sunday night game. And they were absolutely flat. They played like there was no inspiration. They ended up getting their butts kicked by the Chiefs. And I think I remember it specifically because it was damn cold on that sideline, and the game seemed like it took forever. But um, um, it's really disheartening and really disappointing to see a performance when you have – when you basically control your own destiny and you have something to play for. The fact is, 15, it's unacceptable, it's inexcusable, 15 seconds into the game, you're down 7 nothing. Right. You know, I don't know if Jacobs has fumbled at all this year other than what he did Sunday, but that was the first play. you you got to be more secure with the ball. Now, credit, you know um, – Credit the defensive back, who I'm drawing a blank on, who not who caused it most of the well, he was the one who scooped and score. Use is his last name, uh, number twenty one. He was the one yeah. to scoop and scoop and score, but he also punched the ball out of Hunter Renfro's hand. He also punched the ball out of uh, uh, another receiver's hands. So you know, being that careless with the ball is inexcusable. Um, and, and then you know, Foster Moreau having a case of the drops or the gifts. I mean, it it looked very. Renfro, Zay Jones, yeah. uh, Derek Carr fumbling off the yeah. – that was a pretty good hit that he took. But, yeah, I mean, I, it just – you know, uh, I, none of those players unto themselves are, you know, are anybody that you would say, hey, just didn't want it bad enough or quit or, you know, uh, wasn't, wasn't – No, I'm not, not going to say that they didn't want it bad enough or they just, they just played flat. Yeah. And, and, for the, and, and, and here's what the most disappointing is the play of the offensive line. How oh, I, gosh. you, we both have been defending them to a certain degree. It's going to take time. It's going to, but look, I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why Alex Leatherwood continues to make the same mistakes. He continues to fire out on guys, which puts him and Brandon Parker on different levels. And when teams run stunts, ETTE, whatever, they can't pass them off because they're on different levels. You, you, you're playing a guy like Chris Jones, and this is going to happen again when they play in Indianapolis because DeForest Buckner is going to do the same thing that Chris Jones yep. did as long as he is. You're playing someone like that, and you're firing out to him, and all he's doing is an arm-over move, an arm-over move, and by the time you notice it, he's already, he's already right perpendicular with the line, and he's already by you. He's already upfield. 
Now your tackle has no way, no recourse if the defensive end comes under, which happened. They gave a stunt. They gave a, a sack up in the Washington football team the same way. They gave it up this internal pressure. But he continues to make the same mistake. Brandon Parker still can't stop a bull rush. That's all people are going to do to you. Now, I say this to say that I can't get in front of the guys. I can't talk to these guys. COVID protocol prevents that. And it's not my job. It's Coach Cable's job. And I love Coach Cable. So don't get me wrong. But these mistakes are, are baffling that they continue to happen in game 13, that they happen in game three, happen in game four. I mean, it's the same stuff over and over again. And this offensive line didn't give Derek a chance. Well, I mean, um, they haven't all year, Lincoln. Uh, no, they haven't. But, and I've been critical you of Derek know, with his decision-making yeah. and stuff like that. But this is – I mean, this was beyond ridiculous. There's nothing that you can do. By he the time pressured. the first quarter was over, Brent and I were looking at it. What the hell are we going to talk about for more three quarters? This game is right. over. No, it was definitely over by that point. Uh, it might have been over, you know, when, when Josh, you know, put it on the ground for the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr was pressured on 22 of his dropbacks uh, against the Chiefs. That's the second most times he's been pressured in his NFL career. Uh, Lincoln, he hasn't been pressured 22 times, uh, you know, during games many times this year, uh, you know, except for the one time. But, you know, that that's that's a crazy number, um, you know, to, to when you when you drop back to get that get pressured that many times but let's face it let's be honest about it he's just not gotten any help whatsoever from that offensive line short of a of a you know period here a sequence there the offensive line just has not come together the Ra- the way the raiders had hoped we all understand there were a lot of changes that were made uh, on the, on the offensive line uh, guys that were expected to step in and perform just haven't some guys have gotten hurt alex leatherwood has been straight out a disappointment, Lincoln. You know, uh, by by this, at this point of the season, he's no longer a rookie. All right, no, he's no. he's he's fifty. You know, what is it? 12, 13 games, 13 into, games his, in, yeah. into his career. Come on, uh, but he's not showing the forward progress that the Raiders. He's not showing any progress. He's showing right. a true regression. There's, it's not any progress. You can't. I can't understand for the life of me, and and because I've been in meeting rooms like this, if you see that you, you see the mistake that you made. And you're making it every single game that you can't possibly learn or be coached up from it. I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't, it, it, it baffles me. And, it, and it's inexcusable. The same thing happens over here. Okay, you're going to fire out on the defensive end. He's going to arm over your arm under you. He's going to get basically on your side. You're going to do one or two things. You're going to release him in the B gap, which is going to put him in the lap of the quarterback, or you're going to hold him. And Chris Jones right. did the same move every damn time to the same now, thing, the same yes. effect. Chris Jones is a fabulous football player. We all understand that. But uh, Alex well, you got make his him look lunch great. eaten play <laughs> after play in that game. And, you know, you look at the uh, – he, he got a zero pass grade uh, – pass block grade from Pro Football Focus. I know we all – you know, uh, that's not the Bible. I'm not saying that it's the Bible. But when you get a zero, you're playing pretty damn bad. And that's just the short uh, and, and truth of it all. Um, and he hasn't played well all year in, in pass protection. Brandon Parker – his cohort over at right tackle between them, uh, they have the most pressure. They've given up the most pressures um, of, of anybody in the NFL. Number Absolutely. one and number two. Absolutely. You know that's a right side of your Absolutely. offensive line that you can't, you cannot count on. Um, prote- you know, given Derek Carr protection. And when you talk about Derek Carr and people are like, well, he, he, it would be great if he could throw downfield. It'd be great if he could go through his progressions. When? How? When you're getting heat on you like he gets uh, heat on him now. Um, you know, it's just it's not feasible. It's and and you know to blame him for it is just misplaced anger. And still, right now, there's fans that want to see Marcus Mariota in there. And this is what I'll say about that, Lincoln. You're gonna penalize Derek Carr because other areas of your team just can't hold their water. That's not right to me. Uh, that's misplaced blame right there. And and saying we're gonna take you out of the game. You're good. You're the best offensive player on this team. But because this offensive line uh, isn't doing its job. We're going to replace you. That's not right. It's not happening uh, either. Rich Passaccia talked about that yesterday. Um, but let's get real about this. This offensive line has been bad all year, save for Colton Miller. And I'll say who else has, has made a lot of progress this year and, and graded out really well uh, this past week, and that is uh, Andre James. He's had his struggles, but he is a guy that's moving in the right direction. Uh, Lincoln, he's shown steady progress, and maybe that'll be the case for Alex Leatherwood eventually, but right now, it's not happening. And I think the Raiders have a major problem 
issue that they're going to have to deal with, uh, and it's going to start this offseason. They can't. No one behind these guys is better than the, the, the them. That's just you know the the truth of the matter. Uh, I know. Well, what about Jermaine Illuminor? What about this guy? What about that guy? At this point in the season, if those guys were discernibly better than the guys that are playing in front of them, it would have been proven, and they would have gotten their shot. Uh, I think they're just going to roll with this because right now this is the best that they have. However, that's an area that, uh, Lincoln, that they're going to have to get fixed next season. Well, look, I'm not going to sit there and say that Derek doesn't have his fair share of blame in these instances. Of course. But at the same point, after watching that game, it was just – it was absolutely pathetic, the fact that, you know, even when they – the best thing that you can do to try to address the problem that you're having is slide protection that way where you're bringing Andre James if he's uncovered. You're sliding that way. So what do the Chiefs do? They see it. Now they have somebody sitting over Andre James, whether he's blitzing or not. You can't slide. You can't help. It's one-on-one. But to see it's it's frustrating to see an offensive lineman get beat by the same move every time, and you have no recourse. You have no way to defend against it. And and but you know, as I said a moment ago, I'm not you know Derek's not totally clear of of his blame in the situation. I brought up him last week because I said the offense needed a spark to try to get the run game going. But hey, if you don't have an offensive line, it starts up front. You have an offensive line, you can't do anything. You can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball, it's just an abomination. So now, you again, I'm still going with the thought, you need to throw things, change things up. Put a Luminor back there, put Barton in there. Hell, it can't be any worse than what you have. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because Jadavion Clowney is going to kill, is going to actually kill Brandon Parker. If he if he doesn't find a way to to, to, to stop a bull rush, because all, all Melvin Ingram did, more times than not, is just run straight into his chest and carry him back to the quarterback. Everybody's done that to Brandon Parker this season, and everyone yeah. has had success putting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, and it and it you know it 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 you go back to August, you go back to July when training camp started, and uh, you know I know things happen, and and that's just the nature uh, of, of an NFL season. But you know this wasn't what the Raiders had in mind. Brandon Parker was not going to be the right tackle. Right. It was going to be Alex Leatherwood playing alongside uh, Denzel Good, and then you're going to have Andre James, and then to left to him was going to be Richie Incognito um, and and Colton Miller. My goodness how things might have looked a little bit differently had that played out uh, accordingly but it didn't and as a result they had to move Leatherwood to right guard and and Brandon Parker had to play right tackle he's not capable Lincoln of being a starting caliber right tackle and that's you know I'm not sitting here pointing my finger uh, at Brandon Parker he's had plenty of opportunities to prove to everybody uh, that that he deserves to be a starter but he's never ever consistently held on to that job. And right now, the only reason he's playing is by circumstance. There's nobody better at right tackle right now. Um, And that's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate for the run game. It's unfortunate for Derek Carr. It's unfortunate for this offense because, um, you know, uh, if you you expect Derek Carr to just drop back 60 times a game, you're not going to win. Well, you're not going to win because you can't, you, you can't hold up and you can't hold up. I mean, well, first, they, exactly, like like abandon the run game. Okay, you abandon the run game to expose the offensive line that can't protect right now even more. Right. That doesn't make any sense. So you're behind. It's no doubt you're behind a rock in a hard place because you can't run the ball. So you have to throw the ball. But then when you overthrow the ball, you're putting bad offensive linemen in positions to get your quarterback teed yep. off on. And that's yep. kind of what's happening right now. So, I mean, even on Sunday, somebody asked Rich Bisacci, why are you running the ball when you're down 28 nothing?" And Bisacci's like, I got, I have to, <laughs> you know, like we have to get some semblance of a play action uh, yeah. going in order for, uh, you know, the defenses have to honor that a little bit. And otherwise we don't have And he, he didn't say exactly this, but this is what he was, what he certainly said. Don't have the guys up front at certain positions to hold up in that regard. Yeah. Like it just can't be done. And that's a frustrating situation. And we've been trying to explain how, when you talk about a playbook, Lincoln, and you know, this as well as I do, if you can't protect it, a play, I don't care how creative you are. Andy Reid's the most creative offensive mind probably in the NFL right now. Would you agree? Yeah. How creative did he look in, in the Super Bowl last year when his tackles couldn't deal with Tampa Bay's defensive line? It, creativity went right down the toilet. It was run for your life, Patrick Mahomes, and, and try to make a play uh, while throwing you know, uh, on the run. And what happened? It didn't work. You, even the great Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, and I, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL – he can't go out there 
and play consistently behind an offensive line and just save the day over and over and over again. Eventually, you're going to run into a great defensive line, even just a good defensive line. That's going to eat your lunch and your quarterback, however good he is, how much, however much he can run and move and do all that, exploit the pocket, everything. It's just not going to work. Um, and so that's been the problem this year, by and large, for the Raiders. They just have not been able to be a consistent offense uh, and a balanced offense in order to kind of complement run to pass, pass to run, because there's nothing that's going on in the run game. And it's even worse when you talk about trying to protect the quarterback from that, from the offensive line's perspective. And, and, that, and that's exactly what we've seen, um, you know, happen, especially over the last couple of weeks. But, it, you know, like I said, I'm not going to tell, uh, always excuse the inconsistency um, of this offense. The ineptitude, ineptitude of this offense is, has much to blame on, the, on its, uh, it, its offensive line. But there's also the fact that, like I said, Derek doesn't escape all, of, all the uh, blame. There's been times where he's been inconsistent with his decision. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like that. No doubt about so, it. And that, you know, that, that, definitely, that definitely happens. And I also think that that um, he let's you know he's not a runner he's not a great athlete and I, I, you know and he doesn't I, you look at Aaron Rodgers I don't know if you watched the Sunday night game all right and and the Bears were getting pressure on him the one thing that guys like that and he's the elite of the elite so uh, there aren't many guys like Aaron Rodgers he's a Hall of Fame player for crying out loud um, but if you watch like an Aaron Rodgers, even though he's not the greatest athlete, he's not going to, you know, um, run for a, for a million yards, but he just has an innate ability to feel pressure and to kind of slide out of the way a little bit, you know, and use his feet to be able to manage the park pocket and mitigate the pass rush. There's guys that are just equipped like that. It's innate. It's yeah. like a, 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 a seventh sense that some certain guys have. Derek Carr is like the majority of guys. He doesn't have that. So you do have to protect a guy like Derek Carr. And when you do, he can slice up a defense. But when you don't, it's not going to – It's it's he's not capable of being of, – of, 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 of raising, rising above that kind of um, ineptness on the offensive line uh, and not having a run game. He just isn't. And everyone wants to blame him for that. That's great. That's fine. And it might mean the Raiders moving on from him at the end of the year or maybe him – uh, you know, asking to be traded to find, you know, greener pastures someplace else. It might come to that sort of a head this offseason. But I'll say this. Um, they're going to have to find somebody, A, that could do just what he does alone, and that's hard enough. Uh, and and hopefully in, in the future, whenever that might be, somebody that could do, do things even even better. But that's hard to find that oh, guy. Of course it is. I mean, there's, but that's also the reason why, you know, if you decide to move on, and I'm not saying they did or they will, right? But if you decide to move on, he can fetch a first round pick for you. I yeah, mean, and and you know, here's here's the thing, and and I think it was I think it was JT was talking to me about it, it gave me the idea, and I was I'll definitely give him credit. The fact is that you could use that first pick along with whoever the Raiders' first pick. It's not a good quarterback class to possibly put yourself in position for a future um, uh, uh, pick to, to to maybe that you, look. There's 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 players you need. There's things that you have to understand that you have to address. If you're going to continue to play this style of defense, you're going to have to have a safety or someone who can cover tight ends in this division. Okay, first and foremost, so you're going to play this. We saw the defense get shredded again, and 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 look, it, it's just by design the way it, the way it is. They don't have the players to keep up. Say with the Kansas City on on uh, um, on, on on offense, maybe it was different when he had the Chargers because he had a safety like Derwin James and stuff like that. I'm not taking anything away from what these how these young guys have played, you know, Hobbs and stuff like that. But they don't have an answer. They don't have an answer for what we saw, and they got picked apart Sunday with the same thing in a very similar circumstance. But as far as this offensive line, you need to address the offensive line because you're not going anywhere until you do address the offensive line. I don't know what they plan on doing about Denzel Good. If they, you may only sign him to a one-year deal, right? So they, they've got a lot of holes they've got to fill and not a whole lot of time to do it. And, of course, we still don't know who's going to be coach. Well, um, one good uh, if you're if you're looking for positive uh, news, I, I am here in Dallas at the owners meetings uh, and the salary cap uh, owners were told that the salary cap is going to go up to two hundred and eight million dollars, uh, Lincoln, up from one hundred and eighty two million dollars uh, to two hundred and eight. So that's a twenty six million dollar uh, increase, which helps the Raiders immensely because now they're going to be able to have room to be able to really address certain needs. We've talked about this before. And this was it was the worst possible year last year 
um, or, or this year, 2021, for the for the salary cap not only to not go up, but it fell by like 15 million dollars to 182 million dollars from like 197, I think it was. Um, it was just such a such a um, turbulent and excessive swing from where it was supposed to be to where it ended up. That's what ended up costing the Raiders Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. It just that is what it is. All right, it's 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 how that worked. It's how that cookie crumbled. The Raiders dealt with it as best as possible, but it ended up costing them their two best offensive linemen. And then at that point, that calculated risk was, hey, you know, um, uh, go draft Alex Leatherwood. He's going to be a fixture at, at right tackle, um, you know, and and, and hope that, uh, you know, a guy like Richie Incognito can get one more year and then figure out that position later on down the road, um, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but now it's going, if, the, if this salary cap had gone up the way it was supposed to go up last year, those two players would still be on the team. And what a world of difference that makes. It is what it is, and it's water under the bridge. But there, at the very least, there's hope for next year because now there will be more money uh, under the cap for the Raiders to go address some of the needs. And, and there are big needs, Lincoln. That offensive line needs to be fixed. You're going to have to find a long-term uh, solution or replacement now for Henry Ruggs. So wide receiver wasn't a position that the Raiders necessarily were thinking about um, you know, no, investing a lot right. of money or high draft picks in. But now they do have to do that. <laughs> you know, um, And like you said, got to go find a linebacker or safety that can run and keep up with some of these weapons that they're facing uh, in the in the uh, in their division and across the NFL uh, period. So there's a lot of work to be done. Now, all that said, there's still four games left to play, and you know if you can get on a roll, there's still a chance. I mean, th- that's just the fact of the matter. It's going to take a lot of help. It's going to take the Raiders making a, a, an about face. Uh, this is a team that's lost five of their last six games. To expect them to now turn around and go win the next four, that seems a little bit dubious. But that's what the focus has to be, uh, Lincoln. And, well, I mean, look, you know, you're not going to give up hope. I mean, and, and if you you're can't. a true fan, you got to you got to you know remain hopeful that they'll be able to turn things around. It just looks bleak. I mean, I, 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 you know, I didn't expect them to go into Kansas City and win, but I sure the hell didn't expect them to get trounced like that. Uh, Ex- you know, exactly. So, but I, and I know how it feels because I've lost a big game against Kansas City. I was the only team in the division that I didn't have a winning record against when I was playing. And so I lost my fair share of games in Kansas City. But it just it's disheartening when you, you, it, it, you, you, we talk about the attention to detail. We hear the players saying we need to be more focused. We need to do this. And in the first play of the game, you fumbled the ball. I know you didn't yeah. fumble it on purpose, but still, you got to be more careful with the ball, right? You know, and and you can play. make a case he wasn't securing it. No, that's exactly uh, right. I mean, it's just it, 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 that's that's what happened. Nobody punched that. It was secure. It wasn't secured. And same it, with Zay Jones. Yeah, I mean, you have to be like you said. That's attention to details. It's not like yes, fumbles happen, but you have to give yourself a better chance to make sure that it doesn't happen by by being more diligent with with your ball security. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So, um, we're really quick, we're going to go out to uh, Mitch in New Jersey. How are you doing, Mitch? Hi, guys. What you got, Mitch? Got to speak up a little hey, bit. When I... Okay, I'll try to speak up here. Um, I think the Raiders need a lot of help. Yeah, okay, two wide receivers. Uh, I'm not happy with these running backs. They're, they're delicate. They're fickle. I mean, you just, I mean, I think Drake is even a little better than uh, Jacobs. Guy never gets 100 yards. And last time there was a perfect chance to see what Marcus Mariota has, which I don't believe he has too much. There must be a reason why he's a backup. I hope they can keep Carr. I still want to see him draft a running back somewhere. I'm shooting a quarterback in this coming this coming draft. And one more thing, um, you know, Q had um, the Heisman fellow, the Spanish Mexican guy, I believe. Uh, why is his name actually in my my mind? Um, well, what, just what, what did they say? What did he say? No, no, it was amazing. I remember when he got traded. He he got drafted by New England. Uh, Plunkett. Oh, well, got drafted by New England. And then San Francisco, and he did well with San Francisco, and he did well with the Raiders. Now I think this kid. I hope this kid, Young Bryce Young. I'm not an Alabama fan. I hopefully Jake Jackson Dodd has something to say, or Caleb Williams. But if he wins the Heisman, I think he's going to leave. There'd be two. I mean, it's only ties the record. 
He can't. He can't leave. It's he all. Can't it's leave all. Uh, thanks for the call, Mitch. It's it's yeah. it's about eligibility. You yeah, got to play a certain amount of years, yeah. or be out of high school a certain amount of years before you can get drafted. So I don't think it has anything to do with winning the high. The minute he can go to the NFL, Lincoln Bryce Young's going in the NFL. Sure, no doubt about it. But it's not yeah. this year. Yeah, that's for a couple of years. So yeah. um, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. When we get back, uh, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN uh, will join us, and we'll talk to him and get his thoughts about uh, where this is all headed over these le- next month of games and, honestly, beyond that, get his thoughts on what the immediate future uh, might look like for the Raiders. And when we talk about immediate, we're talking about from January or so on. What is going to happen in this offseason? You're in the huddle of Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Yeah, well, it's different with each person. I think it's an individual relationship, right? It's not it's not just one big word that would fix everything. If that was the case, we would have done that, you know, a while back. You know, I think, uh, you know, knowing each individual, especially how they operate, what makes them tick, what makes them what makes them better, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that you can talk to a certain way that you can't talk to other guys a certain way. And, you know, if you want to get the most out of somebody, that's just how it is. And so, um, you know, from a coach's standpoint or from a leader's standpoint, we we go to that individual and we say, here's the things, whether you agree or not, this is what I see. And um, you hope that they, they take them the right way and, you know, make us a better football team. That's Derek Carr earlier today at the Raiders practice facility in Henderson talking about um, how he goes about trying to fire up his teammates. Um, it's weird to me. You know, we had one of the callers, Raider X, uh, love Raider X, uh, so it's nothing personal. But, you know, um, what would you ask the players? He wants everyone to ask. He wants us to start, start asking tougher, tougher questions. You know, uh, he was asked, okay, Derek, how are you going to fire these guys up? I mean, this isn't high school football, you know, like expecting – Derek Carr to fire everybody else up. I know you try to do it. I know you say the right things, but ultimately it comes down to each individual and there's no, nobody's going to say anything. No teammates going to say anything that's truly and honestly going to light your fire or turn your light on uh, to make you go play harder than you would have, would have, would have, or wouldn't have had you not heard those words. I'm sorry, but that's, this is the NFL and it's these, this is professional football. This isn't rah, rah, you know, uh, get guys all fired up. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. They scream and yell at each other, all that kind of stuff, trying to get everybody fired up. But at the end of the day, no words are going to matter. It's each individual has to play with a certain mentality and a certain passion and a certain commitment uh, to detail, to attention, focus. And you're talking about 46 different guys, you know, good luck trying to get into the head of 46 different players. You either are or you're not. And nothing Derek Carr says, or, you know, with all due respect, when, when Alec Ingold is a captain and he's the guy speaking in the middle of the, uh, of, 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 of the huddle, it's, it's only going to go, as far as it goes right there. And then everyone's on to doing their own thing and how they approach a game and how they play and how they decide, how hard they decide to play, how much focus they decide to play with. So it's, it's, it's like, like, like Derek was talking about. There's 46 different guys, 53 different guys in there. And um, trying to get to everyone, let alone figuring out what works for this guy, what works for that guy. Um, that's a lot to ask one guy to try to get, the rest of the team fired up. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, I think we're going out to yeah. the listener line right now. Is Paul ready Paul's for us? There. He's on. there. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend from ESPN, Paul Gutierrez, uh, who covers the Raiders and uh, does a great job, has been doing it for a long time. Paul, uh, first of all, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. Um, you heard what Derek just said, and you were there. Uh, Derek talking about you know getting players te- or teammates fired up. Um, are we asking too much to ask the quarterback of the team to go light a fire under 53 other players? You know, you know, what's, you know, thanks for having me guys. And, and the fact that we're even talking about this with four games to go and what's quickly becoming a lost season, that to me is the bigger question. I mean, the fact exactly. that they, they, yeah, I mean, this is stuff that we're talking about during the preseason. The bigger question to me is they did try to light a fire. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe did try to light a fire under the team, and it backfired mightily. Now, that's not the reason they lost, 
Right. It's just not a good look. And Link, I'm sure, could, could speak to that even more so, but the things that, that bring professional athletes together, that us-against-the-world mentality, what the Raiders have always thrived upon, is when there's adversity. But everybody's got to be pulling the same direction. And to me, the most telling thing of that pregame stomp celebration photo op on the Chiefs logo uh, was that Derek Carr wasn't down with it. I asked him after the game about it. You were there. And yep. he, you know, he hemmed, he hawed, and he said, well, if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. I support my teammates. That, to me, shows a little bit of a fissure in the leadership of the team because not everybody was down with it for something like that, that at the end of the day wasn't that big of a deal in a rivalry game. You know, they're adults, get over it, they lost, they tried something, didn't work. But, it, it, you know, it's almost like, look over here, look over here, oh, wow, there's something else going on in this other corner. You know what, I just want to address that whole thing, the elephant in the room regarding that. First of all, that's a no-no. No one should ever disrespect anyone's logo. I don't care how you feel about the other team. You don't ever do anything like that because that's that, that's basically starting a fight. Secondly, yeah. and, and, and let's, let's call it like it is, guys, this is not a rivalry. This has not been a rivalry. <laughs> the Chiefs yeah. have kicked the Raiders' ass for quite some time. This is no longer a rivalry. This is, And they hold the overall advantage against the Raiders. So this isn't a rivalry. So the last thing, and I looked over at Brent in the break when we saw it happen, it's like, would you really wake up a sleeping giant? You haven't known how to beat this team consistently. I don't care what you don't need to go stand on someone's logo and basically, you know, do the equivalent of giving a finger to every fan in, in Arrowhead and think that that's going to go over well with the team or they're not really going to try to take it out on you. I mean, it, it, to me, it was just a bonehead decision. And it, you got to be more mature. First of all, if you're going to be a leader, you got to be more mature than that and, and, and act like a leader. Secondly, don't do things, stupid things that get, that draw attention, unnecessary attention to your team and having your quarterback to have to address it. I'm sorry, Paul. I just had to get that out. No, that's that's, that's exactly what my thought was, and I and I thought, you know, as it happened, it was like, uh oh, what are they doing? That's not a good look, especially when you don't, you know. I mean, it goes back to To running on the Dallas Cowboys star a couple years ago, right? I mean, gosh, not a couple years, a couple decades ago now, but you know, and, and I think of you and I, and when we did the book together, is like one of those moments that kind of came to fruition that showed me what a team is about is when you took the snowball to the face in Denver. You guys were all down for each other at that point. And that's not to say that it was planned or anything, because it wasn't. But when you have to manufacture uh, fake enthusiasm, it doesn't last. Uh, we're talking to Paul Gutierrez, and I fully agree with that. Um, uh, Paul covers the Raiders for uh, ESPN, does a great job, has been doing it for a long time. Um, and, y- you know, here's the other part of that. Uh, you-, you mentioned, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Who was left to really talk about that? The quarterback, Derek Carr. Yeah. You know, we're, we 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 are in very unusual times in terms of media access uh, because, really, you know, Derek is the de facto spokesman of the Raiders, even more so, I think, than Rich Passaccia, because Rich, you know, he's the interim head coach. This is he was, you know, kind of thrust into that position, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But everything that happens. You know, once, twice a week, we, we have to talk to Derek Carr about it. And I kind of feel bad for him because he has to sit here and answer for everything, all the stuff that's going on. Uh, Lincoln, you know this. Paul, you know that. This as well. Something like that happens. We're talking to a bunch of different dudes in that locker room and just coming up to their locker and asking them to explain what they did, what the, was behind the decision, all of that. Why Why would you do something like that? We would be in the locker room talking to them. If they didn't want to comment, they'd say, hey, no comment. We'd be That would be in the paper the next day or online, whatever the case. The fact that Derek Carr, who was obviously not happy with it, has to be the spokesman for it, uh, there's something wrong about that. Yeah, and, and, and but that's also he's the quarterback, and that's that's the that's the, that's the job of the quarterback is, is as the face of the franchise, as the franchise quarterback, as – the spokesman, that is his job. What I agree with you on is with no locker room access, right. it becomes heightened. It becomes heightened. So yeah, because he's the only guy, there, almost. Yeah, he's the only guy. The fact that Yannick did not come to the podium and did not speak again today, that's, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I'm not here to cast judgment on anybody. I, I would have right. thought that he would have wanted to come out and talk about it. But as Basaccia said yesterday, we're past that. Let's talk about the Browns now. So, you know, again, just a strange, strange moment in a season full of strange twists and turns. Um, and at the end of the day, as you pointed out in the press box after that long touchdown run by the Chiefs, hey, you guys realize they're still not eliminated from the playoffs, right? And, and we kind of laughed at that, but it, it's true. And if these guys can somehow turn it around, I don't see them doing it, by the way, but if they can, they can still 
punch their own ticket, which is shocking to say, but it's just proof again of how the NFL, as I mentioned to Derek today, truly is a week-to-week season. It is, and um, and 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 I want to ask you about that, Paul, because at this point, where they are in the season, everything that's happened, can they salvage? Short of the playoffs, is there anything that they could do right now to kind of salvage um, or, or or put a positive spin on things uh, down the stretch? And I'll, I'll, the follow up question to that is: or is it almost better that they don't? You know what I'm saying? Like maybe maybe what needs to happen is for a whole series of things to happen. And, you know, you know, creating some false hope by winning a couple of games down the stretch, maybe that's not the right direction to go in the overall picture. I know that's crazy talk right there, uh, but you know what I'm saying? I I think, you know, where I'm, where I'm headed with this. Uh, Is there a, anything that they could salvage? uh, And is this even salvageable when we talk about the long range uh, health of this, of this team? Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down because, and Link, again, I defer to you on this, but anytime an athlete goes out there, their job is to play to the best of their ability. And if they win, perfect. If they don't, hey, I played to my best. So that, that's really what they can only do. Salvageable, you know, what, what we saw in Kansas City was this thing needs to be torn down yeah. from Basaccia to Mayock to, yes, even Derek Carr and just suck it up. And I know it would be painful for Raider fans would be the third teardown in less than a decade but i don't know how far that this thing can go on the flip side of that they run four straight wins off getting the playoffs are you kind of back to where you were before i don't know i don't know that it just to me i I just kind of go back to that last game in oakland when again it wasn't Derek's fault he slid well inside bounds they called him out and the clock kept going and they lost to jacksonville and Derek was booed he had things thrown at him nachos and cookies came flying out of the stands he was in the black hole, and he said the next day, I think we all just need a, a breath of fresh air. And I get eerily that same sense after watching that beat down in Kansas City the other day. You know, this is this is very similar to the situation in 2016. I know, Vinny, you weren't around. And I don't know how much, Paul, you, you were. I know you were you were, you were around. Then you were covering the team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So the reason why I say this is, you know, I said to the crew, which was Greg Papa and, and Coach Flores at the time, careful what you wish for. The, the Raiders were on their way to the playoffs, but they were without Derek Carr, and we're going to have to start a rookie. And I said, you don't want to go to the playoffs and get smashed. To, to Paul's point, you know, it might be better for them to just lose the following four games to put them in a better draft position. I know they've got everything that's still possible as far as playoffs, but – if are we going to be honest and say what we've seen out of 13 games is a playoff caliber team? Right. Right. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And it goes back, yeah. yeah, no. And, and you know, guys, it goes back to like, you know, how one play is, is a microcosm of a whole season. I mean, we could talk about the tuck rule game all day. I know link. You don't want to talk oh. about that, but let's look back to 2018 when the Raiders beat the Cardinals on a last second field goal. It was a good field win. It was a feel good win. I, absolutely. You want to win every time you go out there. But if they lose that game, they get the number one pick the next year. I believe yeah. that Kyler Murray is the quarterback of the Raiders at this point. I'm, again, not saying that it's all Derek's fault because it's not, but there's that juice. There's that energy. And, you know, the, the, the Gruden email thing still happens, and, and who knows what else happens in the interim. But how different would this franchise look right now with a more mobile quarterback who is willing to run, who is, is kind of the face of the NFL right now in terms of, what the quarterback position looks like. Yeah, I, I agree, and and you know that that's kind of where I was what was headed with that. Plus, it makes other decisions probably a little bit easier to make, um, and right. and you just you know have to reset. Now, I, I've gotten text messages from season ticket holders uh, who are like, "Man, I don't want to go through another. You know, I paid my PSL. I don't want to go through another rebuild." You know, um, for the for the betterment of the of the franchise, that might be what needs to happen. But there are still yeah. four games left to play, and like you said, Paul, uh, uh, the reality is, if they run the table and they put themselves in a pretty good position, we know that the Cleveland Browns are dealing with some COVID issues right now. Uh, don't know what that Cleveland Brown uh, team is going to look like come Saturday on a short week. Uh, but if if whatever's going on with the Cleveland Browns, A, are the Raiders capable of going into Cleveland and winning a game? And B, how how do they have to go about it at this point? It's hard for them to run the ball. It's hard for them to protect uh, Derek Carr. That's 
a tough defensive line that they're getting ready to face. What's the roadmap to, to being able to go to Cleveland and come back to Las Vegas with a win? Uh, the same that it's been all year long. Start fast and yep. finish faster. And how many times have we seen that? We saw that in Dallas. We saw it against the Broncos after John uh, left. We saw it against the Eagles um, in that right before the bye. We haven't seen it all that often. I mean, there, there is a, a blueprint, and we've seen it. It's just making it happen. And, and, you know, it starts and stops on that offensive line. Everything starts and stops there. And that's why I asked Rich yesterday. I'm like, look, you're facing Miles Garrett. He's got 15 sacks. He's going to probably break Lincoln's guy, uh, the record of Lincoln's guy, <laughs> with that the season in Strahan. But, um, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it behoove you to think about putting a more mobile quarterback out there? Hint, hint, Marcus Mariota. Again, not a slap at Derek, but we've seen what can happen. Um, that, to me, is what you've got to be not so predictable on offense. And if you have more packages for Mariota in there, especially in the red zone, that is going to keep the Browns' defense honest. And then here comes the play action. Here comes some tunnel screens. Here comes all that stuff that offensive linemen love because they're not so predictable and the defensive line is not just pinning their ears back and coming at them. Yeah, and it's... uh... You know, it's bleak. There's no question about it. You can't turn the ball over five times, uh, obviously. That doesn't help against a great team uh, as well. Um, it's, it's, the, the road is, um, is, is, is tough right now for, for the Raiders. Uh, but I, I also have to ask you this, um, you know, uh, uh, Paul, we've all talked about it. You know, uh, we'd be remiss uh, and, and, and not um, being honest and straight up. If we haven't talked about all these different possibilities amongst ourselves as we're waiting yeah. or talking at practice, you know how it goes. Um, but, uh, you know, a few of us have, have brought up the notion of, you know, maybe Derek Carr at the end of the year decides, hey, look, you know what? Nothing personal, all amicable. You know there's love between me and, and the organization and vice versa. Uh, but maybe it's best if I leave and go someplace else. You know, maybe I, uh, you know, can get a better chance someplace. Maybe this could jumpstart the Raiders, uh, you know, rebuild, get some get some uh, draft capital capital uh, for Derek Carr. I mean, are, is, is, is that – do you feel like there's even any kind of um, chance that that happens uh, come the end of the season? Not if you take Derek Carr at his word. Remember what he told us back in uh, minicamp in June? He's not playing for anybody else. He's retiring. He's not playing for anybody but the Raiders. <laughs> Obviously what? that changes. But, yeah, yes. I, I do think that's a possibility. I do. And like I mentioned earlier, those that sense of uh, uh, a breath of fresh air, maybe that's what both organization and quarterback need. But then again, what does the incoming coach and, G- and potentially GM, what do they want? What do they need? Um, you know, I've, I've seen all these weird combinations from Elliot Wolf and David Shaw as GM and coach to Jim Harbaugh to Dabo Sweeney to, uh, you know, Doug Peterson. All these names are starting to float. But again, that's why they play the games. If they somehow get in the playoffs and if they start looking better, well, maybe Versace does deserve a look. You know, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. As somebody told me, I don't know if he's the guy, but you figure, you figure <laughs> it out and that's why they play the game. Yeah, and uh, sometimes you know that that that's that's the one. Um, you know, uh, I I wonder if getting caught up in the moment or not getting caught up in the moment is is the right way to go. I I would almost say don't get caught up in the moment, whatever yeah. the moment is. Uh, think about not the moment, but the long range future, um, and 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 let that be the basis, not these last four weeks or a big win or anything like that. Um, I think that's it's it's probably about that time um, for the Raiders, but. We don't know, and we're all fascinated to figure out and see uh, exactly what happens. And I know Paul Gutierrez is going to be all over it uh, when that time comes uh, as well. Paul, uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you and uh, having you join us in the huddle. Truly appreciate it. Uh, I'll see you in a few days, my friend. My pleasure, guys. And, uh, yeah, I'll leave you with one last doomsday scenario. Derek Carr leaves, and then whichever team he's on, he leads them into Allegiant Stadium for the Super Bowl in 2024. Wow, he went there, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Gutierrez just went there, and hey, anything is possible. That's 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 for sure. Uh, that's Paul Gutierrez. Uh, we always uh, thank him for coming uh, and joining us in the huddle. You are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. 
Yes, 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 yes. It is Tuesday. And you know what Tuesday means when you were talking about Tequila Embajador. Uh, it's Soul Town Tuesdays over at Rockstar Bar tonight, uh, 6730 South Las Vegas Boulevard. That's where we uh, get down on the night before home games, uh, Raider home games over at the Rockstar Bar. So uh, you guys know where I'm talking about and what I'm talking about and what a great place that is. Uh, but tonight, Embajador Tequila uh, uh, presents Soul Town Tuesdays. Live music starting at 6 p.m. And plus, you've got your Tequila Embajador. Bahadur, food, uh, all kinds of great drinks. Uh, so go check them out. 6 p.m. tonight, Soul Town Tuesdays live music. I've heard uh, the live music. It's really good, especially if you like uh, old Soul Town music or, uh, uh, you know, uh, all the greats. Um, you're going to enjoy yourself. Uh, so go do yourself a favor. Uh, go grab uh, your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your wife or your husband, whatever the case might be, uh, and go check it out. Rockstar Bar and Grill tonight at 6 p.m. Soul Town Tuesdays brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line because Raider Tone is on the line. How you doing, Raider Tone? Good. How you guys doing? Hey, real quick, uh, Curry just uh, broke the record. Hey, uh, Link um, and, and Vinny. Vinny, I love your show, man. I like you're doing. You, I know you said you're a Mets fan. I'm a, Ra- I'm a Warriors fan. It took us 40 years to get a, a chip. Said 40 years <laughs> since the Raiders, since the Warriors, the Raiders have been a Super Bowl. Actually, my senior year, 38 years. Guys, go in and look at the film. They always say, I got to look at the film. What? And I know you pointed out. I know you, you're, 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 you've seen every lineman move, and you see a defensive move. What do they say in? When they're watching film, does a coach actually get up and scream at you? Or some guys you can't scream at someone that's six foot seven, three hundred thirty pounds. Uh, what what does a coach do when he sees, and not just to point out uh, Leatherwood, and also Jacob? If Jacobs is not fighting for more yards, or he's just not the holes are not open, what does a coach say to the guys when they're looking at them? Do they call him out? Do they stop it? Do they rewind it like four or five times? They look at this. What what, what happens in that? Lincoln. Well, it depends on the coach. Obviously, it depends on the coach. I mean, you've had guys like uh, like Tony Dungy. Uh, what I heard, I, I was never coached by Tony Dungy, but they said he never used curse words. He never swore. He never raised his voice when he coached. Different strokes for different folks. I don't know how these coaches coach. I've never played for any of them, um, uh, well, other well, than Ron Miles. But you know, I don't, I don't know how their style. So I don't know what they do in the meeting rooms. It's just frustrating to see a person get beat by the same move over and over again and not be held accountable. See, I'm, I'm of the mindset. You know, you pull them. You can't stop anybody. I'm going to try somebody else. What do you have to lose? Yeah, um, they're, they're maybe. You get even worse, and you put your quarterback and running back in 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 real uh, even more harm's way. And I have had t- coaches tell me, um, uh, there's one in particular that I vividly remember. Um, it was going into a preseason game, and he was going to have his first team offense play, uh, but his um, two tackles got hurt, and he was like, and so he was he opted against using his quarterback in that game, his starting quarterback, because he, he told me, he's like, Manny, I'm not going to put him behind those two guys. Are you kidding me? I will get fired or I might get this guy killed. So, Lincoln, there is that to think about. Not killed. We're not talking well, about I that. Mean, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's being hit anyways. He's, they're they're not protected. The one, the starters aren't protecting him. So, what? Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if, you, if he goes in a mindset, well, look, I got a new right tackle and a new right guard, so I got to get rid of the ball quicker. Uh, well, you know, he's probably going to do that anyways because we've yeah. seen the times when he does that. So, I mean, I understand your theory, Vinny, but what's happening, what's working, I mean, what's what's going on isn't working. So why keep hitting your head up against the wall thinking it's going to work? When you, now, you, I, you, you, now you've got Alex Leatherwood who makes the same mistake. You, you notice this over and over again. You talk about the grades. We're not the only one that sees it. Pro football sees it and the, the focus sees it. I know the coaches see it. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, so it, and I'm not saying that Luminor is the answer. However, you don't know. Maybe Luminor plays a lot better. He learned from mistakes to serve as another chance. I don't know. Right. I don't see these guys at practice. But you still know that Brandon Parker can't pick up a bull rush. So there's right. going to people who's going to try to run him over. Why not put Harris Barton out there and have Brandon Parker as the extra offensive lineman in the jumbo package? I, I saw a lot of creative things in the Kansas City game, especially at the start of the game, aside from the fumble for t- turnover. They came out at one time they had an unbalanced line. And I was like, well, I've never seen that. Colt Miller's lined up outside of Brandon Parker. They, they have an unbalanced line. They try to run the ball. Got no push. Got no push. Yeah. Got no push. The, the run the, probably had a negative yard, absolutely, or no gain or whatever it was. Um, I, I saw a couple other things where they were trying, you know, different formations to, to start to play action. I'm not saying that the creativity is not there, not trying, but right now the offensive line is not doing their job. You can't yeah. do anything. I don't care who you are. 
I agree. Now, if they went out and got Harris Barton, uh, that would he's. I mean, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, not Harris, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm Listen, you know, who I'm the, the Utah Jackson tackle. Bar- Jackson Barton. Jackson Barton. Yes, no, no doubt about it. Um, if he could play as good as Harris Barton, that would be great. <laughs> for, for the I Raiders, saw Harris right? Barton going to the Hall of Fame this year, this week, <laughs> last week. So that's why. Exactly. Uh, Real quick, Silver Fury is on the line. How you doing, Silver Fury? Talk to you again, Link, Vinny. Happy holidays, man. Likewise, brother. Hey, so um, I, I, so many things my head's been popping around with, uh, you know, going back to the logo thing, the offensive line. And I, I think Link said it best on both those subjects. I, I, I don't know if there's much to say on that anymore. I wanted to kind of follow with what with Paul Gutierrez had said about Carr. And this is what, this is where I am right now. I'm, you know, I, I was uh, from 95 to the last game they played against Jacksonville, section 147. I, I, and I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of Carr, and, and I think he's, he's a good quarterback. You know, he's, he's done great things for this franchise. And, uh, but I'm at the point now where I look at, you know, other than 2016, you know, he, he hasn't had a franchise-defining win. He's had opportunities to get this team in the playoffs. You know, he had it in 17 against the San Diego, against the Chargers, couldn't get it done. In 19 against the Jaguars, couldn't get it done. In 20, a couple times, sure, any, he had a couple games if he just got, got the win couldn't get it done. And, you know, this season, I understand the offensive line. But in all those seasons, he's had top five offensive lines. He's had serviceable, serviceable receivers. He's had elite tight ends. He's had a 1,000-yard running backs. He's had the things in front of him, and he didn't get it done. And at this point, I think – I honestly think he's so psychologically jaded with this organization. I'm not sure another year of Derek Carr is going to do him or anyone else any good. It seems like in November he kind of hits a different gear – I think the best thing going forward is to let him uh, uh, seek other options and to get this franchise another start. It, it might hurt. It might not for this for us, but I, I'm, I'm at that point now, right? I think it's the best case scenario. I'm not sure we're going to get anything different next year. I, I, I hear you, especially on the, the, the last part of it. I think that it might be coming to that point. Uh, I would push back a little bit. Um, you, if you were to say where the uh, – where Derek Carr's, where the Raiders roster was, 1-32, to 32, on average, 1-32, to 32, where the entire roster, I'm talking about the whole roster, man, I'm talking about all, you know, collectively, where would you rank the Raiders' overall roster in the eight years that, that he's been there? If you had to put a number on it, 1-32. to 32. I, I don't know if Raider t- or, or Silver Fury is still there, but uh, Lincoln... It, Oh, what was? Oh, I, you were talking to the, uh, the guy. All good. The we're gonna, yeah, yeah. We got to go, go to break. break. Yeah, yeah. We got to go to break. But we want. I want to talk about that because right. who's? You know, uh, it, 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 I think it's interesting. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Bonner, Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m.